Hello and welcome to Music and Film Saves the World podcast. My name is Chris Rice and this is a brand new podcast where I talk about music and film and how much I love it. And I'll be getting friends um, on the podcast with me to discuss their love for the music and film too. So we're going to... Why am I doing this? Well, one of the reasons is I wanted to have a podcast where we get the ordinary guy, the ordinary person, man or woman in, onto the podcast uh, to chat about their love of music. Not necessarily have any uh, link and work in the music and film industry, but people who are passionate about their uh, music and film and know a bit about it and have their own views of it. So you won't necessarily always get this, hopefully the same old views about a certain thing. And, and, and what we're going to do is have different things. We're going to do the ranking. We're going to do things where we pick things out of a hat and have subjects and talk about different subjects about uh, different aspects of film and music we're going to do some director's commentaries have an old classic film on there and have it and we, we, we commentate over it so a lot of the things that people do but I want to do a different twist of having it for, for people who love about music and film and some of the things that they know about it because just because you don't work in the industry doesn't mean you don't know about it not knowledgeable about what you do and what so I've got a guest, and he's going to be a frequent contributor on the podcast, my very good friend, uh, Gareth Jones, who currently has just released the Track One, Side One podcast himself. So he is the presenter of this. It's a great podcast. Go and check it out. It's available everywhere, I think it is, Gareth. Uh, yeah, good morning, mate. How are you? Morning, morning. Uh, yeah, it's available uh, everywhere. Well, look, all the big podcasts um providers but you know uh, it's on apple podcasts it's on google podcasts and it's on spotify and that's pretty much everywhere you know where yeah. people get a podcast so yeah. yeah it's all out there exactly. just check it out it's brilliant it's really good and he, he chats to some real diverse people on that podcast mm. to, and to talk about all their different music and their favorite opening tracks on some of their favorite albums that's 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 and it's a it's a cracking listen so Find your way there. So Gareth knows his stuff. He's also um, been in many bands. I was going to call you a a multi-instrumentalist like Phil Collins and Paul McCartney. Oh, oh, thanks, mate. Well, yeah, yeah, just like Phil Collins, uh, you know, I am old and bald and and a drummer, you know, but, you know. you play the trumpet, though? I I wish I could. I always wanted to play a brass instrument. I always fancied a bit of... um, Bit of trumpet or saxophone. Yeah, it's amazing how many how, how many instruments Phil Collins could play. Saying that he is technically mainly a drummer. Yeah, I know it's crazy. You know, he was just you know, like for many years he was just you know he was the drummer in Genesis and that was it. You know, um, and then yeah, you, you look at I don't know like Phil Collins' album sleeves from the eighties and just the different instruments that he. But I mean, was it both sides? He recorded every yeah, instrument yeah. himself now, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so Gareth, you've been in many bands yourself. Um, yeah. So Gareth, and I know um, Gareth and I have known each other for many years since um, since school, since infant school. Infant school. And he's always had a, a brilliant CD collection back when he collected them. I don't know if you you don't probably have them so much anymore, do you? But you're still vinyl enthusiasts, aren't you? Oh, massively. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I ended up getting rid of all my CDs about oh, I don't know six years ago. Yeah. Um. I, I, I just put them uh, on my laptop in my cloud because um, I, I was I was already going back to starting to buy vinyl again and yeah. I was entering what I call the nostalgia zone. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, it started about seven to eight years ago. Yeah. With one session buying kind of out of date archaic formats. Be that laser disc, vinyl, cassette, mini disc. Yeah, you got, had my old mini disc player, didn't you? I you certainly said, did. I loved my mini disc player as well. I absolutely loved it. It's just, it's just up there, mate. It's just oh, brilliant! Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I, I, it was sitting up in my mum and dad's loft, and yeah. I, when you said you wanted it, I thought, well, it's best you having a good home than just sitting gathering dust up there. So yeah, um, I'm very grateful for that, mate. Thank yeah. you very much. So, uh, so what are we doing today? Well, the first four podcasts are going to be an introductory podcast. So this is basically showcasing the stuff that Gareth and I like, basically. So we're going to do some countdowns. So the first two podcasts are going to be um, countdowning our top countdown. I don't think that's even a word, but counting <laughs> down our 20 to 1 favourite albums of all time. So the one you're listening to now, Gareth and I are going to do 20 to 11. And then the next podcast will be the top 10. And then we're going to do the same thing for our favourite films, um, split also over into two podcasts. So it's going to be four podcasts. And this is hopefully going to introduce you to the music we love and whether you're going to like this as a podcast as well. So if you, <laughs> this might turn a lot of people off, but hopefully it will also just show you how passionate we can be about certain albums. And it might uh, introduce you to some albums and artists you haven't thought about listening to. Um, so... Coming up, I'll just tell you what other things we've got coming up um, as podcasts. We've got a James Bond countdown uh, of the films that we get, we, which Gareth, I've already got in the can. We've already done it. We've yeah. done a Blur versus Oasis one. Um, we've done a Britpop albums one. Um, so there's going to be many more of that type of thing um, coming up. So hopefully, Music and Film Saves the World podcast will be where you want to go just to have a listen to, of two guys, two guys in their forties talking about. <laughs> talking about things and uh, as it's as we're coming out of lockdown what have we both done done a podcast so done a podcast, of course right <laughs> gone for the stereotypical but why not why not so right so here we go we're going to go 20 to 11 gareth is going to start and gareth what is your number 20 this was one of the hardest kind of countdowns i've ever done i've always kind of known what my what my top five albums of all time is that hasn't really changed in a long time, but you know, getting that list to 20 and, and finding those albums that, you know, especially like the tail end of the list, like the 17, 18, 19, 20, yeah, it was, it was hard. And my list was still changing yesterday, to be honest. Oh yeah, actually what's, what's the, some sort of, um, do some worthy mentions, ones that almost made the list and probably you're thinking, how have I haven't made that yeah. into the list? Like, before we actually yeah. say 20, what's, give us I mean, a few was, of those. I mean, it was brutal, you know. I mean, I, I, I have. There's no, there's no blur in my list. There's no oasis in my list. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know, there was no. Oasis. Yeah, there was. There's no Nirvana in my list. Hmm. Uh, which you know, um, there's no. Um, I mean, blimey, insert band here, Zeppelin. There's no Metallica in my list. All these super important bands to me growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, none of them kind of made the list. It was, but it was, it was kind of fun being. Yeah being that literally like for example putting two albums side by side and going yeah. which one of these do i prefer is this yeah. one better than this one okay yeah. this one's better than this one this one isn't in the list yeah. and that's how i did otherwise yeah. i would be there for another 10 years well i think Quite i think it's also uh, how you're feeling at the moment i mean i know there's albums on my list that I, I, well some of the work some of the ones that just 
missed it would have been in the top 20 maybe 10 years ago and might be again in 10 years time i think it's a lot of the time is how you're feeling now the type of music that's connecting to you now sometimes there's always a nostalgia one me myself i've actually got a couple of albums in my top 10 to 20 which i love the album but the bands yeah i like but they've never been my favorite bands uh, if you see what i mean but i love yeah. that particular album um so yeah so what what what's missed just missed out uh, well, I mean, um, like, um, yeah, Oasis def- definitely, maybe. Um, I'm yeah, I'm yeah. You know, Blur, Blur Park Life, um, like the Police. There's no Police in my top twenty, but there were. I, I think when I was about when I was about fifteen, sixteen, just before definitely maybe came out, I went yeah. through about a six month period of, of saying the Police were my favourite band. Do you remember wow. me? Yes. Do I do. you remember I used to have that see that box set yes. of everything they ever recorded? Yes. I did, and, I, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I and I rinsed it. I I, I got absolutely obsessed with the police for about six months before, you know, leading up to de- the first time yeah, I heard yeah. definitely baby. That you know, um, you know, there's no police, no Led Zeppelin, um, no Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Dangerous was was pretty close. Dangerous is, is my favourite Michael Jackson album, yeah, and that yeah. was very close to being in the list. Um. I, I tried to limit it to like one album per band. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I would have ended up putting in, you know, like three Bruce Springsteen albums. Right. Okay. Two, you know, things like this. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say this now. I haven't done that because I. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I thought that'd be good. Yeah, but that, you know, that, that's why I thought it would kind of work that way because I knew yes. you probably would, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, and it, for some reason, I, I I I was just obviously desperate to make it more difficult for myself. Well, it's you know cool. I mean? yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, I mean, if there's a if there's a band or artist you love, it yeah. is much easier putting three, especially if they've got a big back catalogue. It is easier to put three or four albums of theirs. Yeah, I, I could have easily put you know probably five Springsteen albums in there. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, I I I yeah I. I for some reason, I, I I was just I obviously wanted to make life more difficult for myself. Rather than putting five Springsteen albums in, I put one Springsteen album in, and then I had to just deliberate for a month about what the other four albums should be. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on then. What's your number twenty? My number twenty is where are we? Uh, it is from nineteen ninety seven. Uh, so. I, uh, just a little caveat here. I, I've, I've actually got them all to hand. Oh, brilliant! I love it. Yeah. Even though this is a vis- an audio med- uh, an yeah, audio yeah. medium, it is yeah. sometimes easy to have them there because you can check what the tracks are on. Yeah, yeah. I can see them and all that type of thing. So I, I, it's nice. I, I, to I, I, I bought, I'm also 43 and I'm starting <laughs> to forget things now. And I, you know, I, 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 I actually, I've got them all here. Yeah, you know. It, it, this is an album that came out in some year, possibly the 90s. <laughs> uh, I, I did actually have a look. I think th- this might actually be one of the most recent albums in my list as well. Oh, there was yeah. nothing after about 1998 in my wow. list. Yeah, okay. Nothing. Uh, uh, which kind of says a lot about like the music I was listening to when I was a teenager still holds yeah. weight for me now as in terms yeah. of, you know, but I love it, and a, a, a lot of these albums um, are from that kind of period, ninety four to ninety eight. Um, but yeah, this is uh, an album from nineteen ninety seven. Um, it's the debut album by Three Colors Red, yes. and it's called Pure. Um, 
Yeah, it's um, released on Creation Records, bizarrely enough. They're a, they're a creation. Are they a Britpop type band? Well, they're kind of, they, were, they were kind of Brit rock. You know, they were yeah. they were they were more in the kind of um, kind of Koran camp. They were more, you know, like with Terrorvision and yeah. Reef, uh, yeah. the Wild the Wild Hearts, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but they, I think they still, I think they held the record for the the highest charting debut single by a band on creation oh right which is a kind of a very niche fact <laughs> <laughs> so what yeah. um, so what um was their fate most famous song uh, it does ring a bell to me yeah, but I yeah. can't... The, the most famous song was probably the first single of the second album which was called beautiful day which is kind of very kind of sweeping ballad uh in like early 99 um, I think I remember. you know yeah, they, they, they had quite a lot of hits they were on tfi a lot they had big hits were like yeah. copper girl 60 mile smile Yes, uh, remember that one. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is my time. Uh, this mm-hmm. is my Hollywood. Um, oh, this was like a top twenty album. Uh, it was one of those albums that everyone had when I was at college. It was mm-hmm. that perfect melding of like, uh, you know, punk with like undeniable pop melodies, yeah. huge hooks, huge choruses, but kind of with, with that kind of like nice gnarly distorted guitar, but it still had that kind of sweetness on top. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how sometimes at a college or a school or a uni, yeah. you get that little cult of an album yeah. that if you go out of that bubble of that particular yeah. college or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody else is interested nope. in it. No one. So I can yeah. remember at school, early 90s, Leveling the Land by the Levelers was yeah. massive. Oh, wonderful album. Now, if I go to other people that went to different schools, they obviously know of the album, but it wasn't such a cult album as it was yeah. At the senior school I went to. A little bit of uni, there was a little bit, a lot of us loved Cooler Shaker's K album as well at, at university. And I think if you went out of that sort of bubble of those people I used to mix with at uni, you might not find everybody loving that album no, so much. No. And it yeah, sounds yeah. a little bit like what that Three Colours Red album was like. It was. I mean, um, it was around the time of me like um, joining my first proper band. Um, and it was. There was a lot of these kind of bands at the time, be that like Terrorvision, Reef, uh, Three yeah. Colours Road, The Wild Hearts, Therapy. Um, they, were, they were very much kind of bands that I was seeing, what, like going to my first kind of Reading Festival. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of these bands, they, they all toured. You know, they were, they were like constantly yeah, yeah. either supporting someone or they were doing their own headline tour. Um, they were in the magazines, they were on the radio, they were on TFI Friday. Um and be like just incredibly kind of inspirational to, to in, in in my kind of formative songwriting years and how to write like um kind of he- heavy kind of almost punky songs but with yeah. big pop hooks because uh, you yeah. know as, as you know i'm a sucker for a you know you know a song could be as heavy and, and as gnarly as it likes but yeah. it needs to have it needs to have something to hook me in it i need a hook uh, yeah. i need you know uh, yeah. i need something that pulls me in and i'm a sucker for a pop melody yeah. and this uh, this album has it in spades it's What's your favourite track off it? What's your favourite track off uh, it? Favourite track off it would be um, the first single. It's a track called Nuclear Holiday. Yeah. It was just a wonderful mixture of kind of Sex Pistols kind of snarled lip, but w- with like almost ABBA pop melodies. 
So that's three the... colours red pure. I've just written down that because I'm going to check. I'm going to check it out. I think because yeah. I don't think I've ever heard it, but I do remember some of their singles and quite yeah. enjoy them. So um, yeah. uh, it's a band I've completely forgotten about. And just so the for the listeners' uh, benefit, Gareth and I do not know each other's lists. I know in a lot of these podcasts and stuff, they sh- people share them with them. So that's why he's going to be off the cuff. That's one of the things I wanted about this podcast. Yeah. I wanted to make it like him and I have a conversation. So we will interrupt each other. We will go down avenues that might take us a bit. <laughs> boy, uh, boy, but, boy, boy, can we talk? <laughs> yes, we can. We've always been like this. That's one of our main things about friendship. Um, in fact, yeah. what's funny is Gareth and I never really used to talk about... Uh, Girls or booze no. or things like no. that, laddie stuff. No, it was always, um, we're we just talking about, about films and music. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Bond. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so three colours red, pure is your twenty. I've written that down yeah. because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I might check that out at some stage. I think you'll like so, it. It's, it's an album right for rediscovering. It's, it's bloody oh yeah, good. no, that's, that's, that sounds good. It sounds really good. So Gareth is going to do his twenty to eleven first, then I'm going to do my um, just to give it a bit more of a flow to the to the podcast. So. What's your number 19? Uh, my number 19 is uh, another, uh, see there's a pattern forming here, it's another album from the mid-90s. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker, I know. Uh, and another one from my college years that still holds an incredible special place in my heart. It's from 1996. It's the debut album by um, UK, another UK band called China Drum. Oh, wow. Uh, the album's called Goose Fair. It's from 1996. There are another kind of cult bands, kind of like Three Colours Reds, another band that d- toured endlessly mm-hmm. and um, had some incredible, again, quite punky again. They had a, their kind of like X factor was the fact their drummer was the singer. Right. So like the drums would be at the front of the stage. Yeah. You know, it was almost like, you know, the main instrument, you know, the yeah, guitarist, yeah, the bassist yeah. would play yeah. behind him. Yeah. Uh, they were only a three piece. And it was, again, it was that wonderful mixture of, of kind of like UK punk rock, but rather than the pistols, it was more the kind of like undertones of buzzcocks, a bit mm-hmm. more kind of, you know, faster and poppy, you know. Yeah. Um, and they, probably their most famous song, um, it, they, they did an incredible kind of cover of Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. And, oh, you know, know, and he used, to get, he used to get played a lot on the evening session back in the day. Right. With, you know, with Steve Lamack and Joe White. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they were one of these bands, right? I, I'm i sure you've had these conversations at the pubs over the years and stuff. When, when you're all sitting around with your mates and they and friends, you know, the question is, what band would you most like to see reform? And, and you know, and people would say you know, big bands, you know, yeah, Oasis yeah. obviously inevitably comes up as that. Yeah. But, you know, um, one of the bands I would always say, I would always be like, China drum. I'd love to see China drum reform. And then about nine years ago, they did a reunion gig, and it was originally at this tiny venue in London, in uh, yeah. just off, just off Brick Lane. Mm-hmm. And I, I bought, I got some tickets for, and it sold out like that. So they moved the venue to like, upstairs at the garage in Highbury, and it sold right. out again. And then they moved it downstairs in the main room at the garage, and it sold <laughs> out again. And I, and I was thinking. I generally thought I was the only person who remembered this band. Yeah. You know? Well, I've, I've, I've never I've, heard of it. I've never oh, heard of it. Okay, well, uh, right. And, 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 and going to this reunion gig at the garage where there was, I think the garage holds about, I don't know, maybe five, six hundred people. 
mm-hmm. and, and it blew my mind walking in to a packed hybrid garage and I was like I didn't realise that I was it was almost like a welcome home moment. I didn't realise that there were still people like me flying the flag and hoping this band would reform. Yeah. And it was and it's still it's one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. How many albums did they how many albums did they release then? Uh two albums. Two albums. And the, the, they 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 were a band from about ninety five to about ninety nine. They mm-hmm. did two albums. Um they're one of those bands that you know the enemy loved them you know mm-hmm. kerrang loved them melody maker mm-hmm. loved them q loved them they kind of like crossed the board in terms of like yeah. like like you know magazine genre do you know what yeah. i mean you know, yeah, yeah the yeah. rock guys loved them and, and i yeah. saw them at reading a couple of times and they were always touring yeah uh, you know yeah again like three colors reds an album right for rediscovery i i you know, yeah. You would you would love this album. It's well, I'm writing because I'm writing I'm writing down your list as we go along because yeah. it's going to be I knew I knew yours was going to be it's going to be some that I'll pick it up. I'm going to have to check this album out. I'm going to have to check this yeah. album out. So, on, you know the type of thing I like as yeah, well. So yeah, they're 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 all on Spotify. So or you yeah. know whatever streaming platform you use. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's number, my number nineteen. Number eighteen. Number eighteen. Right. We're onto the vinyl now. Oh, lovely. Like, can't be a bit of vinyl. <laughs> can't be a bit of vinyl. This is the debut album um, by Skin from 1994. Um, I, I, I picked this up um, about a year ago. Um, found it, got, got it on a really good deal on, on Discogs because this usually goes for quite a bit of money these days. Um, again, it's kind of... Um, it's classic rock in very much the kind of i mean there are uk classic rock bands you know this album came out in 1994 kind of you know post post nirvana post grunge killing off a lot of the the 80s rock as it were yeah you know and and you know for for bands in 1994 who sounded as resolutely kind of old school classic rock as skin did and to get a major label deal and this, it, it was a top ten album. They were, they were quite big for a while. Wow, amazing! Uh, and, and is it just called Skin that album? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. And it was, and it's front to back, like everything I could want from like a classic rock band. Mm-hmm. They kind of cherry pick all their influences from, say, yeah. you know, you know, Bad Company to yeah. Slade to ACDC yeah. uh, to Deep Purple. Yeah. You know, you know, massive kind of you know bon jovi kind of they were like massive like arena rock songs but done in that much more kind of earthy style that only a british band could do yeah do you know what it I mean? sounds like i'd like it to be honest yeah 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 it's 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 wonderful I'm, i i would have bought this around the time i was living in ely and i'm sure when when you would have when you would have come over and seen me around that time this was an album i was obsessed with yeah absolutely yeah. obsessed with uh, and I would have probably played it to you at the time. Their, their most famous song was a track called "Look But Don't Touch," which I can't. I can't. Um, I'm gonna have. It's another one. I'm gonna have to have a bit of rediscover of. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guarantee if you put "Look But Don't Touch" on within twenty, within other five seconds, you'll be like, I remember this track. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's amazing how many that you list, you heard, especially in that period, sort of eighties, most of the nineties. And you completely forget about, and as yep. soon as you hear it, oh, I remember this. I oh, remember yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it immediately triggers something in that like, unconscious memory. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, like you said, about how it was 
it, you got it for a good price because it's normally expensive. Vinyl, second-hand vinyl, the last five years, and has skyrocketed in terms of price. It's unbelievable. Do you remember the good old days when you used to? I, I, I mean, I, well, I can only speak for myself here, but I'm, I'd say maybe about, I don't know, ten years ago when I started collecting vinyl again. Yeah. I used to, I used to do like what I used to call, I used to call it the char- the charity shop run. There's, yeah. there's a street in Cambridge, just outside the Grafton Centre, that used to have loads yeah. of, about 10 charity shops on it. Yeah. And I used to start at one end and end at the other end. And I used to go, they'd all have vinyl in. They'd, yeah. they'd all have, you could pick up some brilliant stuff for like 50 pence. Yeah. People in university now, cities, in university cities, in the charity yeah. shops, you still, you always get fairly decent vinyl. Yeah. If you go to charity not, shops in different other other towns. Yeah, all you get is all you get is all you get is Leo Sayer and like Yeah, all the old orchestral ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those old, and, and those yeah. top of the pop compilations, yeah. you know, the ones by different singers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, it seems like people have got wise to people don't give their vinyl to charity shops anymore. Yeah. Or if yeah. you do see vinyl in charity shops, like there's there's a really good um charity shop in Huntington called well it's the Oxfam. But they've, yeah. uh, but they've got a brilliant vinyl section. Yeah. But if you think you're going to pick up a bargain for like a pound, you know, yeah. think again. You know, they price stuff fairly. Yeah. Um, but it's it's more than you know. Yeah. You know, like a bit like you know, last weekend I I picked up Seal's debut album from there. Yeah. But it was like I mean it was it was it was nine quid. Yeah. Uh, but you know they price it fair. I think they look on Discogs and then take. Money, yeah, they don't do as expensive as discogs, but you know no, they, no. they they still want to make a bit of money off it, which is which I is bought, fair um, enough. I bought um, in when I was living in Buckinghamshire. I bought um, Heroes by David Bowie from got from an Oxfam in Marlow. Nice. Marlow is quite a posh town, so you've got fairly decent ones there. Yeah. And it's also the other thing is getting them in good condition. That's always the yeah, yeah. The Oxfam and Huntington, Huntington is great. All their stuff is, yeah. is mint and the, you know, and it's they clean them all and they're all in good nick. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. It's all, it's getting them in good condition. And I think as well the other issue that's happened, well, it's not an issue, it's a good thing really, but people have dusted down their phone from the loft and instead of giving them away, they've kept them. They have, yeah. And yeah. I think that's happened as well. Yeah. So they've sort of got them go, oh and where is it? Before people have just got right, don't I haven't got a record player yeah. anymore. Gone. Get get rid of it. Charity shop. Whereas oh, now people are keeping them. So yeah. think that the, the good albums or the classic albums are becoming rarer and therefore more expensive. And as time goes on, that happens as well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so that was number eighteen. Skin. What is your number seventeen? My number seventeen. Uh, I just need to get my list up on my phone because I'm old and I forget things. <laughs> uh, who am I? Uh, right, <laughs> number seventeen is an album from 1992. Again, this is, this is a massive one from my college years. This is a band called uh, Mega City Four. I have heard of Mega City Four. Yeah. Uh, hey, Chris has finally heard of one. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> I actually, well, I heard of three comes red. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, an album from 1992. This is the Mega City 4's best album. It's called Sebastopol Road. Right. And it's, for me, an absolute peerless indie classic. Um, there was a lot of these kind of bands, UK bands in the early 90s, like Mega City 4, mm-hmm. um, Senseless Things were another one, uh, yeah. like you know, Jesus Jones, Kingmaker, yeah. a lot of these kind of like indie bands. Um 
but there, there was something about Mega City 4 that just they, they were more melodic than than the others. They had better lyrics, better songs, better hooks. And th- this album is it's just 12 tracks, and I think they're all amazing. And there's actually a track on here. Uh, I think it's I think it, I think it's a song called Prague. Mm-hmm. Um, Muse did a cover of it on on a B side years ago. Oh. Funny enough, and as it turned out, I did write. They're one of Muse's favorite bands. One of, they're one of Matt Bellamy's favorite bands. You know what? I think that's when I've heard them. I've yeah. heard them. I've heard of them about with him talking about them. Yeah, well, yeah, would have been. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, they're one of those bands that you know, if you're, you know, if you know, you know, if you if you had heard them in the nineties, you'd be like, you you would you'd be like me, still speaking about them with such reverence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and. and uh, and again, I think you would love this album. The opening track, Ticket Collector, is oh my goodness! It, it, it's as like as as perfect uh, as a, a kind of indie punk song can be. Just melodic, uh, massive hook, brilliant guitar yeah. riff. Yeah, you know, every you know, it's, it's a proper bit of me. And th- this was a massive kind of again, like a lot a, lo- a lot of these albums, like China Drum, like Three Colors Red. It was a massive influence on me in my formative years on. Mm-hmm. Like learn, learn to play guitar, learn to write songs, how to yeah. construct a song. I'd always kind of like look look at bands like Mega City Four and see how they wrote their songs. You know, the, yeah. the lyric lines, the melodies, and stuff. It's just yeah. an insanely influential album on me, and I still absolutely adore it. Amazing. No, no, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to be doing some checking out or something. Oh, you it's, are, mate. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good. Number sixteen. Number sixteen. Uh, right. Uh, this is um, right. We're finally leaving the nineties briefly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, just uh, yeah, other decades are available. <laughs> <laughs> not with us. Not with us. No, not really. No, it's still the nineties now. For goodness' sake. Uh, this is an album from nineteen eighty-eight. Um, it is this, uh, the second album by Public Enemy. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Now, well, I had a feeling that you'd have um, a hip hop album in there because yeah. after t- hearing one of your one of your podcasts, one of your podcasts, and, and you had a chat with, I think I can't remember if it was one that I it was the one that you've released or it's one that you sent to me just to have a listen to. So it might be one that's coming soon. And you, yeah. I, I think your guest was really sort of you did have a like a you did have a chat about Public Enemy and, yes, yeah. and, and Wu-Tang Clan and all yeah, that Wu-Tang. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I never friend. actually realised yeah. you had such a... Uh, I know you and me both, we we don't... I mean, when you see my top 20, you think he only likes one thing, but it's not the case. <laughs> it's not the case. We Is that do, a disclaimer, mate? <laughs> yeah, we do... Um, have quite a, a wide range of stuff in the genre. Yeah, Obviously, there's always, you're always going to gravitate to your favourite stuff, but we do yeah. go up through across the genres. Yeah, I've yeah. always struggled a bit more with hip-hop and dance music. It's not saying I don't like it, but I've I struggled with it a bit yeah. more. But, and I didn't realise, probably because we would then, you and I would talk about probably more the music we both liked. Yeah, I didn't realise that you were such a hip-hop fan. So Yeah, I adore it. Yeah. I do it from kind of secondary school really um i think when, when i when i moved secondary school was like halfway through the third year yeah um and i remember being like i, I moved from a secondary school in peterborough to a secondary school in Ely, and uh, the music i was exposed to completely changed yeah. you know um you know i mean it was wonderful it was like 1993 so i was all of a sudden getting exposed to bands like you know house of pain 
Yeah, um, yeah Wu Tang Clan, Public Enemy, Cypress Hill was big yeah, at the time. That's a big one at my school. Cypress yeah. Hill. Everyone yeah. had Black Sunday, Cypress Hill. You know. Yeah. You know. Uh, Snoop Dogg's first. Yeah, well, yeah. Could have yeah. been his first. Was Doggy Style his first Doggy, album? Yeah, Doggy Style. Yeah, that, everyone um, had Doggy Style. Everyone had Doggy so style. much. Yeah. But you know, but and and and. Again, Public Enemy as well. I mean, the thing with Public Enemy, I remember seeing the logo before I'd ever heard the music. I remember mm-hmm. seeing that on T-shirts, you know, uh, back, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, before I'd even heard the music. Um, and I, I just remember hearing this at school and it had an insane effect on me. It was like, it, it, was, it was one of the first times I became aware of, like, politicised lyrics yeah. Before I'd heard bands like Rage Against the Machine and stuff, like hearing, you know, Chuck D and what he talks about in his songs, it's still so, it's still kind of almost, it hasn't dated. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where a lot of hip hop yeah. stuff yeah. can date. Yeah. I think yeah. I think what Chuck D was rhyming about is still as relevant now as it ever was. Yeah. yeah maybe and, even more. And, and powerful music, as along with films and TV. Yeah. yeah still does that you know yeah, and, and i think i think at the times we've been living in especially the last couple of years i think it's really some of the stuff that's still happening which was being talked about even as far back as the 50s and 60s yeah. and are still relevant today is unbelievable um and um you know a lot of hip-hop music obviously does does do that oh god yeah i mean my, my favorite hip-hop music does do that you know for, for me i was i was more the kind of like political hip hop rather than the yeah. you know as I would call it the the guns bitches and billing hip hop. Do you know you know yeah, I, yeah. I, I was more public enemy than than yeah. than I don't know Snoop Dogg or stuff like that yeah. or, or Exhibit and st- or the, the stuff that came a bit after this like you know Puff Daddy and stuff like this. And yeah, when well, it gets was, commercialized, doesn't it? The yeah. more popular stuff becomes, yeah, of course. and um, it becomes commercialized. So something becomes a little bit more poppy, and yeah. even hip hop becomes more poppy and and I'm not I'm not trivializing anything I'm not making it out that that music isn't any good but it does become when more people like it with anything uh, it becomes a little bit more yeah of course it does so that sorry go on no 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 I just want to quickly say one last thing about about this album I went to um I think it was 2008 they did a 20th anniversary tour of this album and they played at the junction in Cambridge where they did the album in its entirety uh, I do a lot uh, of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this was uh, kind of, yeah, 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 2008, and it's, yeah, it's the only time I've ever seen Public Enemy, and they and they did this album from start to finish, and it was okay. absolutely incredible. And what, absolutely. what's the name of the album again? I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, it, it, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Of course, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Probably their most famous album. Uh, oh, famous oh album. by far, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of acknowledged as, as the greatest hip hop album of all time. Yeah. For me, it's not. The greatest hip hop album is coming up on my list later. <laughs> but, you know, I know. Well, all, all, all opinions do, are subjective. <laughs> whenever they do the list of, you know, when they do the combined lists, you know, these magazines yeah. trying to get four different, that public enemy album's always it's always in there, and it always will be. And rightfully, yeah, rightfully so. It's like I think you know, for, for someone that's kind of going in cold to hip hop, it's like yeah. you know, it, it would be one of the albums I'd recommend to listen to. Yeah, you know. Cool. So number fifteen. Number fifteen. Uh, right, uh, right, back to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right, we're back to the safe place, it's fine. Uh, this is an album again from ni- early 90s, 1992. Um, 
again, that had a huge effect on my life. Um, Colour soundtrack, the good times and the bad. And for me, they're just they're just perfect kind of folky indie pop songs. Just just they're just really good pop songs. They just happen to be played on distorted guitar. And yeah. it's the album from 1992 by the Lemonheads called "It's a Shame About oh. Ray." AKA the one that had their cover of Mrs. Robinson on it. It was an album like we were talking about with Cypress Hill, Black Sunday and, you know, Snoop Dogg and the Levelers and stuff like this. It was an album that every, it was one of those albums that kind of united the tribes at school. Yeah. Everyone yeah. liked this album. They just yeah, did, yeah, you know. Yeah. It was something they about. Didn't chart that. Did, what, what, what did chart? It always used to surprise me, like Levelers and Lemonheads. The actual album, everybody seemed to have it. But the album did never chart as high as you think it did. No, it did, but I think it hung around in the charts for a yeah, while, but it never yeah. got. It, it certainly wasn't top ten. I don't think they ever had a top ten. No, I think they had what the album after this was a top ten. Album. Yeah. It's one of those albums that got high in the top ten quick, went yeah. down quickly, and nobody ever remembers it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is the album. This is, you know, this is the best Lemonheads album. It just is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so perfect. Like, I think the longest song is about two and a half minutes on it. Yeah, it's like half an hour long. Yeah. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It's bright, breezy, perfect summer album. Um, amazing kind of lyrics and. The, 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 that kind of languid 90s slacker style vocal yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah it's it's so perfect yeah. and, I, and I you know it's yeah it's one of those albums I remember really well I don't actually even own it wow. it's one of those ones you know there's certain albums you actually yeah, of course. You, well, you, you didn't need to own no, because everybody, everybody else had them um, like back in the day when you yeah back in the day when you're sort of saving up your your own pocket money to buy some uh, buy a CD, which were almost fifteen quid sometimes. Or the uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when other people had it, I didn't always get it. If you see what I mean. So, but I remember it very well. Um, uh, so number number fourteen. Uh, number fourteen. Um, we're moving on a couple of years. Uh, Nineteen ninety four, uh, and it's the debut album by. The Counting Crows. Oh, I know. You're going through them now. Yeah, one, of my wife's, one of my wife's favourites. Your wife, your wife has uh, great taste, mate. I, I never like actually, it. I never actually owned well, another one that I had never actually owned, but I do now because yeah. out of yeah. about ten CDs Jenny has. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it was one of those albums that everyone had. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah, everyone knows Mr. Jones. It's like their yeah. most famous song. Yeah. Uh, I like to think it's written about me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but of course. Um, but again, it's, it's you know, it, they never did kind of anything as close to matching this album again. It, it, for a debut album, mm. this album is, it, it's mental how good yeah. it is. How they, yeah. you know, their first, like, shot out the gate was, was yeah. this was what they released first. And, you know, I think they spent the rest of the, the rest of their career. But I mean, they're still going. They're still releasing pretty good stuff. Yeah. But they never they never came close to matching it. You know, nowhere near, nowhere near. Yeah. But I, I saw funny. I, I saw went to see a friend a, a few weeks ago uh, in the garden, obviously, and yeah. he played. Um, he put that on. He put that album on. Oh, it's, it's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that. Um, it's, it's, it sort it's, of reminds me that there's that, there's Lemonheads, there was R.E.M., Nirvana. There are yeah. all these sort of American bands, early 90s, early to mid 90s. And, and stuff, you know, yeah, yeah, and very popular. They're very popular. And they sort of, a lot of them, Nirvana and R.E.M., um, and a lot of them, not Nirvana and R.E.M., of course, but a lot of them did one really popular album. Yeah. yeah. And then what, that was yeah. it. Yeah, in this country, at least, anyway. Yeah, exactly. this, was like, this was, like, by far their most popular album in this country. Yeah. I mean, and their songs, you know, Mr. Jones is still played on the radio now. Oh, you know. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, wonderful, yeah. isn't it? And, you know, to be that accomplished on your debut album, it's really, it, yeah. you know, it, they, it, you listen to it, and it's like, I don't know, this could have been, like, you know, this is sort of an album you released 10 years, in, 10 years into your career. It's that yeah. confidence, and, you know, that... Yeah, it it, it 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 blows my mind that that was their first shot. You know? Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's, it's a great album. Mm. Um, number thirteen. Number thirteen. Uh, I believe this was released in. Uh, oh no, we're back to nineteen ninety two again. <laughs> <laughs> as long yeah. as it's the nineties, I'm alright. As long as it's the nineties, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the safe word is nineties. <laughs> all right, uh, we're, we're going back to nineteen ninety two, and yeah. It kind of speaks to itself, really. It's the Soul Asylum, Grave Dancers Union. It's one I've got. It's hey! one I've got. <laughs> we made it, Chris. We made it. Yeah. We made it. I bought it for about a pound from somewhere because it had Runaway Train on. Yeah. And I used to love that song. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. You know, somebody to shove, Black Gold, yeah. Runaway yeah. Train, uh, Without a Trace. It's a brilliant song. The Sun Made, Homesick. Um, yeah. Completely kind of dialed into the the teenage angst that I was feeling at the time. Yeah. Especially like you know songs like Somebody to Shove. The, the lyric in that was I'm waiting by the phone for somebody to somebody to call me up and tell me I'm not alone. You yeah. Used to, yeah. Oh, just yo. Know, it's what well, and it was. Love that song Runaway Train. And it's yeah. The song you forget about. Yeah, no, you do. And it, it used to really annoy me that they used to be classed as a one-hit wonder. Yeah. I was like. Yeah. You know, they were huge around this time, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Run, I think runaway trains. I tell you, if you, if you have the spin doctors, spin doctors in the top three, yeah. you're, you're going to complete the set of all yeah, those yeah. type of bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, spin doctors and ugly kid Joe. Was, oh, know, yes. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's perfect kind of early 90s American college rock. Yeah. You know, it had that, that great mixture of big guitars, big melodies, you know, uh, just it was the perfect kind of music at the time for what I was searching for yeah. when I started to obsess over music at the, that early teenage period that we, you know, where we we both just went fully in on yeah, music. Yeah. It, it spoke to me so, and it was, I, you know, I was lucky to pick up a pretty much mint original copy a couple of years ago um, from a guy on Gumtree, bizarrely enough. <laughs> As a guy, I thought, yeah, yeah, strange, but yeah, yeah. I have to dig out my CD. I have to dig out my yeah. CD and plug. I haven't played it for a long, long time. It's, it's one, and they're still going, and they're still releasing yeah. good. They, they released a really good album last year. Um, cool. Yeah, you know, Soul Asylum are more than just a footnote for me. They're yeah. they're they're a bloody amazing bands. Yeah, and sometimes it it can frustrate you that nobody else gets them. Yeah, but it's also nice that only you know about it. Yeah, I, you know, that I, I, I used I used to get really angry about that when I was yeah. you know younger. Um, 
and I'd be like, no, 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 you must, why don't you like this? Uh, you know, yeah, now yeah, I'm just yeah. like, well, you know, if you know, you know, I'm not going to force it down your throat, mate, but if, you know, you're missing out. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that now that we've got to, I've always, been, now we've got to 40, you're not so, or past 40, you're not so bothered about keeping up with the latest music? Because I, I always thought I would be, oh, I, 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 even though if, if I don't like it, I, I don't want to see what's in the top ten. I want to see what's in the yeah. chart. But I'm not bothered now. I mean, I just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to play the stuff I like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah. I always used to think that, you know, whether I liked it or not, and I probably wouldn't like it, at least I'd, I'd have listened to it and I'd have an opinion yeah. on it yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you know, back up my argument why I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sh- you know, shit yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I know it's not for me. You know. It's, um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time I looked at the, the you know, the top 40 singles. I mean, to be honest, even if I look, if I looked at the top 40, you know, well, I say singles, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't recognise a single song. I'd probably hear of some of the artists if that was, I don't know, Dua Lipa or yeah. you know, someone Taylor like. Swift. Yeah, Taylor yeah, Swift, yeah. You know, but you know, would I have? Would I? You know, would it be music I listen to? No, not at all. You know, and. Yeah, it's it, it's strange because yeah, I I was just I always thought that I you know I I try and keep up and you know, but nah, yeah, I think it was it was around about mid thirties where I was like, you know what, yeah. you know, I I feel so incredibly lucky to have grown up in the nineties yeah. and be the right age for a lot of that incredible music, yeah. soundtracking the good times. Yeah, but the um, album charts are still quite diverse. Yeah, um, yeah, they are, they are. You know, but, but the I problem don't, is I, streaming. I the trouble with streaming is you still get you get albums that are incredibly old still in the top forty. So, yeah. um, you know, quick rumours by Fleetwood Mac. I think he's in the top twenty album charts at the moment. Who's buying? <laughs> well, it's not they're streaming it, aren't they? Yeah, it's been streamed. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You, you, I think, I think it is people are buying it. I think people are buying it on vinyl. It's yeah. a classic album. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it is streaming. But but Paul Weller's got the number one album this week. Yeah. It's pretty, good, that, it's, it's pretty good, that new Paul Weller album. It's pretty good. Um, Rag and Bowman. Rag, Rag and Bowman was the week before. So, yeah. you know, there is a diver, more diversity with new artists and older artists in, yeah. in that, that album charts at the moment. But the problem is because of streaming, you do get Queen's Greatest Hits. The first one is still in that top four. Abba Gold. Yeah. Um, Oasis Time Flies. Yeah. Um, they're all yeah. Beatles one. They're all yeah. in that top quite consistently yeah. these days, and that's because of streaming. It's yeah. got to be. Um, yeah, it must be. Uh, and and the and a vinyl resurgence as well. So yeah. um, and it, and it's also uh, I think the fact that you don't have to sell you know sell many copies or stream many times to actually make the charts. No, you no, know, you don't. You know. You know, well, you know what we were talking about earlier with like that Lemonheads album never being a huge hit. But what you got to look at when album came out in '92, that was probably selling, uh, probably sold a fair few thousand copies in this country, because you had to sell quite a few thousand copies just to get into the top twenty, the top thirty. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it was all physical media. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Um, so that was Sold Asylum at thirteen. What's your 13. number twelve? Uh, my number twelve. Um, Inching through the 90s again by another couple of years. <laughs> this, this this is um, this is a debut album by a band that, whilst I, I can't really defend their output, especially over the last 10, 15 years, because their debut album was so perfect, I can never say I hate this band. 
And that <laughs> and that band is Weezer. It's another one I've got. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're. Yeah, their output over the last 10, 15 years. Oh. They're still very prolific now, aren't they? I know, yeah. They're yeah pretty prolific. You know, they've had about they, three albums out in the last two years or something. Yeah, they? yeah. Well, they've had, two, they've had two albums out this year, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, three. I think they've had three albums out since lockdown. Mm. Um, you know, for me, they haven't done themselves any favours. But when your debut album, again, like Cat and Crows, when your debut album is that amazing, yeah. Assured, the playing is unbelievable. The, the songs are undeniable. Yeah. I don't know how many thousands of times, right? I've heard Buddy Holly. <laughs> that was on MTV. Yeah. And it's but it's um, it's an undeniable song. It's yeah, yeah. it's great. It is great. Yeah, no, it's know. a great song. It's a great you know. song. I think I've got also got I've got um a couple of Weezer albums. I've got that one on vinyl. I've got on CD the Green album. That yeah, Green album was great. Green album was and, great. And the one after it, Maladroit. I've got those two. Um, I think those two came out quite close to each other. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Year apart, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, was... Buddy Holly, that MT, that that song yeah. on MTV was played all the time. And if you haven't seen it, it's if you go onto YouTube and view the Buddy Holly one. If you ever, if you're familiar with the old sitcom from the 70s, I want to say yeah, Happy yeah, Days. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> it went on for. I think Happy Days went on longer than the the, the 50s still. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then. It is a real, it is a real funny video. I mean, it's um, iconic. It's like an iconic video, you know. Yeah, it's uh, a great video. You know, yeah. um, I mean, the, the whole album is great. I think, I think no yeah. one else is a great song. Undone the yeah. sweater song is brilliant. Um, yeah. uh, Holidays, it, you know, my name is Jonas. I mean, the opening track is all about characters from Fraggle Rock. I mean, it's great. <laughs> you know, what's not to like about that? You know, um, I, I, I love the album cover. It's, it's like that's an iconic album cover for me. Um, yeah, it was again, it was like oh, another one of those albums that everyone had in like the fourth and fifth year at school. Yeah, everyone yeah. had Weezer, you know, and everyone loved Weezer. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a good album, and it's funny how so many of their albums are just called Weezer and, it, and, it's, and it's identified by the color of it. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> blue, green, they've done a black album, a white album, yeah, teal, yeah. teal album, green, yeah, yeah. They're very, they're very, a bit, they're quite eccentric, eccentric band. Well, no, I, 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 think, I think he's eccentric. Rivers Cuomo yeah. is a very eccentric man. Uh, but and 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 you, and you get like a period where they don't do an album for a while, and then it's like like it has been the last couple of years. Bang, bang, bang. Here you go. There's another three albums. So it's uh, yeah. it's um, it's funny, but no, it's a great album. So that's number twelve, yeah. and that's Weezer's debut album. So what? Yeah. Number eleven. Before we move uh, on number tonight. Eight. Number 11, we are in 1989 periods. A lot of these, as I, you know, I, I all knew they were kind of old albums per se, but I didn't realise they're all from a very, they're basically from my school years, I think. Every <laughs> <album>. <laughs> well, it's your formative years, I suppose. Yeah, true. And, and these albums, they, you know, they, they, they all hold a special place in my heart. I, you know, this is one I'm pretty sure you'll agree on. It's from 1989, and I I do genuinely think this is the greatest pop album ever made. Okay. It is like a prayer. Oh. 
it is an amazing album. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 mad to think that you know this is this is what 32 years old now, and yeah. it, you know the way it opens with the title track, it's still again. We were talking about the Buddy Holly. How many hundreds of times have you heard "Like a Prayer" the song? Yeah. And it's so good. Oh, when those gospel singers come in at the end, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, and then it goes straight into track two, "Express Yourself." Yeah. You know, yeah. "Cherish" is on here, which yeah. is amazing. Dear, Dear Jesse, which I yeah. I've always loved. Dear Jesse, Oh Father, yeah. uh, Keep It Together, Promise to Try. It's. Oh. It's, the one it's I amazing. Love is, um, the one I love is Spanish Eyes. Yeah, Spanish Eyes, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Track. It's a great, and it's her most varied album. Oh, completely. I, mean, yeah, I, completely. I think, I think. Um, I think it's the most probably, consistent album. Yeah, I think uh, probably Ray of Light and Confessions on a Dance Floor are probably the other, probably their second and third best albums if we were doing a ranking. Probably. Um, but I think that one, and I sometimes wish she'd go back to doing something like that. Yeah. Almost, Especially now. Yeah, even though it sounds like a, it's, it's much more of a it's, it's a, it's got electronic elements to it, but it's a very much less electronic album. Almost feels like a band playing. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, it's almost like, I, it's like, like, I wish she'd do something like that. Yeah, it, you know, I... I I kind of wish she'd give up trying desperately to be current and keep up with the yeah. kids. Do you yeah. know? Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, why not just grow old grace- gracefully and do just a brilliant kind of stadium pop album like she yeah. did yeah. with, with uh, you know, you know, because for me it is, you know, it's, it's almost stadium rock in places, this album. Yeah, it's a brilliant, you know? it's a great album. It's a great album. And, uh, I mean, there's undeniable. She says some absolute cracking stuff, but I don't think she's had a good album, a real consistently good album since 2005's Confessions on a Dance Floor. So uh, it's um, it's it's difficult, you know. I mean, and she's she's always been the person at the forefront of bringing a musical style, new producers. Confessions on a Dance Floor. Stuart Price was the producer, and since yeah, then he's gone yeah, on true. to do loads. Of, so, yeah, yeah. you know, she, the one after that, Hard Candy, she used Pharrell and all that yeah. stuff. I know Pharrell had been going for a while before that, but that was just before his sort of real peak period a few years ago. So, yeah, true. you know, she does she does sort of introduce these things, but I think the, the issue is now that she won't necessarily get played on Radio 1 or all the no, young pop stations. I mean, no. she went for a long while still being played on there. I mean... Yeah, I know. You know it's, it's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair play. But, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, four minutes yeah. with her and Justin Timberlake was played on Radio One over here. Yeah. I know that's yeah. in 2009 now, I think, but she was still in her 50s, still being played on Radio One. So, you know, but I think, and I think it's, I understand what she tries to do with her music now, but I would just maybe like to have her do a back to basics yeah. pop album, but yeah. maybe use live instruments and yeah. almost like a band type album i think yeah, 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 yeah. like a prayer is the closest we've ever got to that um, yeah I, not including the dick tracy soundtrack which has obviously has more of a, yeah. uh, a pastiche of a certain musical yeah. style but true, um true. i definitely have a proper non-soundtrack albums i think that's the one that really sort of holds up um i think ray of light's another cracking album but yeah like a prayer that's like, yeah, you know, one for me Right then, so it's time for me. Now, 
All right, here we go. Very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. This is so different. This uh, is going to be so yeah. different. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll do a few notable mentions, which almost right. broke my heart that I couldn't put in. <laughs> I haven't put in. I haven't put in "Hooked on Baby" by U2, which is my favourite U2 album. Yeah. Um, Jack Hill, yeah. Alanis Morissette. Wow. I love that album, but I'm, I'm almost still fed up of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. even though I hardly yeah. listen to it anymore, I'm still yeah, fed up of it. It's in that, you know, I've got a little drawer, a little virtual drawer in my cabinet that's got yeah. Morning Glory, yeah. Jagged Little Pill, Nevermind by Nirvana. They're all in there. And yeah, too I, much. You still get fed up yeah. of them when you... When yeah, you yeah. Even, yeah um, even now, we're like, you know, if, you know, if I if, if I hear ironic on the radio, I have to turn the radio station over. Oh. Even, even now, yeah. still today, yeah. if I hear an old man... Turn that, yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and I oh, like the song. No, I like no. when I first heard it. I really like the yeah. song. I, yeah, I did. The, uh, um, yeah, no. X and Y, X and Y, Coldplay, Wonderland, Charlatans, Brothers in Arms, Die Straits. Oh. I love Brothers in Arms, Die Straits. Yeah. Right Three on. Piece Sweet. This, is, this was a heartbreak. Three Piece Sweet by Dodgy oh. hasn't made it for oh. a little while. For a little while, this one was number twenty, and I changed it. But seriously, Phil Collins was at number twenty. People are getting an idea of the type of way I'm going to be going. Yeah, the yeah, other yeah. two, the other two, imagine John Lennon. And wow. this is the one that I was going through yesterday. I was thinking, I might change it. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm going to keep it out. All Things Must Pass by George Harrison, which is wow. unbelievable. So that hasn't made the 20. And there was all of them at some point were, oh, maybe I should have that in. But anyway, this is the 20. This is the one that I had to play again yesterday, just to make sure. And number 20 is from 1990, so don't worry, we're in the 90s still. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> it's this one, Listen Without Prejudice, oh, Volume 1, by George Michael. Chef's Kiss. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. What, uh, his personal yeah. favourite, because he did a documentary just, yeah. as he was, just before he died, he did a documentary, which was finished. So he actually contributed to it. And his yeah. personal favourite album is older. Um, and this is probably his worst-selling album in turn, but part yeah. of the patience. But this didn't sell as well as no. it, Faith was a massive album, especially yeah, in America. Was. Absolutely yes, huge. Was. This came yes, out three years later. This actually yeah. did one Brits for Best Album in 1991. Yeah. yeah. But... And they did also, there was a documentary about this album when it was reissued, a special edition reissued a few years ago. And seeing Liam Gallagher interviewed, yeah, saying yeah. how much he oh, loves this album, yeah. perfectly, I could not believe he was on this. And he, yeah. and he, they, they gave him the record, he put that, the needle on the record, and that Praying for Time starts. Yeah. Oh, One of my favourite so George Michael songs. Yeah. It starts with Praying for Time, Freedom yeah. 90, it's a yep. real good mix of his introspective yeah, side and pop, yeah. and his pop yeah. side. It, and it's yeah. and Cowboys and Angels. Oh, yeah, yeah, Waiting for That yeah. Day, Look the Pain, yeah. his version of Stevie Wonder's They Won't Go yeah. When I Go, which he recorded yeah. live, um, yeah, I think, yeah. at a sound check. His voice is note perfect. Yeah. He's yes, got one of the best yeah. male voices I think yeah. we've ever produced. Yeah, in terms definitely. Of yeah. And, and remember the old Freddie Trent. Freddie Mercury tribute concert. Yeah. Not many artists on that day could match nope. those Queen's songs. He was the you only know, one that, that did. That's why they released that single. That's got to be why yeah. they released that. She was one of the yeah. biggest artists 
Yeah. But also, the performance was so amazing. Yeah. Somebody to love. And it is an unbelievable album. And yeah, I've always been a George Michael fan. It's it's taken from us too 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 early, and it frustrates yeah. me how he wasn't very prolific. Four solo albums, or five solo albums, including yeah. one cover album. It's all yeah. we got. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of that was a lot of that was to do with all the issues he had with Sony and stuff. That was yeah, it? yeah. Well, too funky apparently was from the Listen Without Prejudice volume. Yeah, it was volume two. Well, himself, yeah, it was. Yeah, it uh, was. Yeah. Which never obviously saw the light of day. I don't know how yeah. much he recorded or whether we'll ever see a posthumous yeah. release. I, I, think, no. I think. I think. Obviously, like I think some. I think some of like the the funkier tracks on older. We're going to be because yeah. this with that prejudice volume two was going to be a much more funkier album than yeah, what was yeah, volume one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I reckon there would have been stuff like um, Fast Love. I reckon Fast Love would have been written around that time. Yeah. You know, the kind of you know the funkier, dancier songs off older. I reckon would have been on yeah, yeah. prejudice volume so, two. Amazing album. I love it. I love it. And I, I, when I played it yesterday, as soon as Praying for Time started. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, always. I was like, I've made the right choice. I've made the right yeah, choice. That's yeah, enough. Yeah. I love it. It's a brilliant album. I'm, right, I'm, regressing, I'm, I'm, I'm regressing not having that on my list. I totally forgot about that. As soon as you pulled out, I was like, no. Damn it. it, it it's a brilliant album. And, um, so, number 19, I think, is going to be probably, well, obviously, I don't know what your 10 is, but this is albums from 2010. Now, I'm not going to show you it yet. That was last week, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's unbelievably 11 years ago. But I know, I know. not many albums this, that, these days that I listen to first time. And I say, I think to myself, I love it. And I love pop music. Mm. And this, for me, was, in some respects, was almost like the Beatles getting back together. Um, oh, OK. And this is Progress. By take that. Ah, okay. <laughs> Some people could be on this podcast going, "What? This is the what? double album version." Okay. Now, this may not in ten years' time. This may moved out of the top twenty. Um, yeah. but when I heard the flood with Robbie Williams back in the band, yeah, and right, right, it's such a good song, man. That that is, I think it has gone up. As my favourite take that song, I think now it used to be really it used to be like rule the world, never forget, back for good used to be up there. Um, but I think the flood is my favourite take that song, and this album. Oh. Go on, what were you gonna say? So it's not do what you like. I thought that was your favourite. <laughs> well, of course that's my second. We're, especially the video. <laughs> <laughs> I think this album. I think the, when take that came back, I think. If you look at it, it's probably one of the best comebacks it's ever been yeah. in music in yeah. terms of yeah. in the UK. They be, almost they became for a period of time between 2005, 2006 to 2010, 2011 the biggest band in the UK for about yeah, five by, years. By, by far. Again, again. And this time, and this time, also doing albums that much more contemporary. All of them writing the albums together all of them singing different songs of it not just being gary barlow centric um and putting robbie williams back in really 
showed what they were able to do. And they came back with like an 80s electronic. They got Stuart Price in. It's very different from their album Before the Circus. Sort of like an electronic 80s style album, which alienated a lot of Take That fans. But music critics, music critics loved it. It was nominated for Best Album at the Brits. They won Best Band at the Brits that year. Um, And it's got some apps. I mean, Gary Barlow on the first CD or the original one CD, the second CD was was released later with an extra eight songs. Um, The first CD, Gary Barlow actually only sings solo on one track. Wow. It's mainly Robbie Williams. Um, and, and Mark Owen does a lot of stuff, and both of them sing parts and bits and bobs. Every, every member sings a, a song. The second CD's even got this great track called When We Were Young, which is almost like a nostalgic song that Robbie Williams and Gary Barlow share lead vocals on. Um, and Howard Donald sings this great sort of electro-pop song called Aliens, which is a great song. Um, and... I love this album. I absolutely love it. And some people hate it. Some people went, Robbie Williams has made like a Roombox album for Take That. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> I read that it's nowhere near as bad as it's nowhere near uh, as bad as Roombox. No, no, it's not. It's not like that at all. And and uh. apparently Robbie Williams and Gary Barlow sat down and wrote the album and then brought the others in to help finish it off, basically. And I think it's a great album. Probably their last great album. I think their last two have been a little bit more generic when it's just been the three of them. Um, but I love this album. I, I can't, you know, it's one of those things that I think, am I right putting this in there? Am I right putting it in there? Am I right putting this above Octon Baby and uh, Imagine? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's what you like at the time. I think yeah, it's sometimes course, what you like at the time. And this think- really... And this really, I think, is one of my favourite albums of the last decade. I wanted to put an album in that was quite not current. As I say, it's 11 years old already. But um, <laughs> and this is, is one current. of the last. And this is one of the last albums to sell loads in the first week. This is the third best-selling at the time. This is the third best-selling, fastest-selling album ever. Third fastest-selling album ever after "Be Here Now" and Adele's "25." So. Um, and to get the type of figures that this sold over four or five weeks, you won't get anymore. It even, I think it went up. It's like what, it got like the week before Christmas, the sales went up over the week. Wow. <laughs> wow. Crazy. And, um, Crazy. And it's in the top 100 best selling albums of all time. Um, so that's Take That Progress or Progress. If you double CD version. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've never actually listened to the album. I know, I knew the singles. Flo- Flo- yeah. was a, that's, what's it, what a tune. Oh, my God. It's incredible. Uh, listen to the, the, yeah. the double album progressed version. It okay. makes it into like okay. a proper double album. Okay. And I think because okay. of the way you like 80s pop music, yeah, I, I love 80s pop. I think you'd appreciate this album. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even, one, of, one of the tracks, Eight Letters, um, which actually was written, the lyrics were written by Robbie Williams, and he was all the time going to sing this album. This, that song and at the end yeah. they thought no actually it'd be more interesting to hear Gary Barlow sing this song because it's about wow. take that splitting up so Gary Barlow did yeah. the lead vocal instead wow. and it samples Vienna by oh Oxford. wow okay nice nice um, and then you've got SOS with Mark Owen doing the lead vocals um, Happy Now which is like a almost like a a song of them being at a club when they're older so almost like okay. a 
a darker sequel to Relight My Fire type story. Oh wow, okay, nice. You know, all that type of thing. It's 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 uh, it's a it's a proper it's what I call a proper album. You yeah, reach yeah, the yeah. first all the songs run into each other as well. Nice. So it's nice. not that there's no sequencing between them. They all run in uh, as one as nice. one track. The first CD, the second CD doesn't so much, but. Um, it's a great album. And try and listen to the double album Progress. Yeah, Progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just putting put, put, put it on the uh, on the old Spotify now. Yeah, because that's I'm, got you know, When We Were Young yeah. on it. And it's also got Love, Love, which was from X-Men First Class. And it's also got Aliens, which are great. Three really great songs. So uh, nice. um, that was number 19, Progress by Take That. So if you're still, if you still haven't, if you haven't turned off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to 1966, and oh. I'm going to have number 18. It's my first entry, because it's going to be more. Yes, it's Revolver. It it's Revolver by the Beatles. Now, many people put this as their favourite Beatles album nowadays. Mm-hmm. It sort of, it's grown in stature as the years have gone on, this one. Yeah, definitely. yeah, completely. Um, this is definitely the real leap in... I think Rubber Soul was a step. I think this was the leap in... In their musical yeah, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. But it did take me a little while to get like this one for some reason. I never had it originally. My mate had it on tape, and I think I taped to taped it off him, as nice. you did back in the day. As you did, and, yeah. Um, and it always took me a little while. It always take it take me a few years to get this album a bit more. I don't know why. Everyone's I mean, and now it's like people see, but it is a perfect sort of. Lennon and McCartney and George Harrison combo. George Harrison's three tracks on this album. Lennon and McCartney do solos on an equal number of tracks each. So it's almost yeah. like, you know, isn't it? Um, and I think what holds me back a little bit is uh, Yellow Submarines on it, which has yeah, never been my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. People if you, give if Yellow take... Submarine a pass. <laughs> I, mean, I know. I, 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 yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not having that. You know, I yeah, think if they take the Yellow Submarine off it, it would. It would it would be a pretty much a perfect album, I think. Paperback writer or rain on it instead, which was all I know, right? The same yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or, 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 or is it girl? That was around this time, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the soul girls on. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, paperback yeah. writer was released that year as a single earlier. Um, but this has actually got Eleanor Rickman and Yellow Submarine. Unusually, it's got the double A side single on this. Yeah, but it has. Yeah. As a single, if you think about that now, that is an odd choice. It's a brilliant song, yeah. but it's yeah. odd choice. Having a song where it's just vocals and an orchestra is very yeah. rare, yeah. and it's quite a dark song, and yeah, unusually is. dark for people, really. And, yeah, unusually uh, dark for a Paul McCartney song. Yes, it is, yeah. And I know that was sort of counterpoint. It was a double A side for Yellow Submarine. Almost they did like a complete counterpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um but as a single, when you first heard Eleanor Rigby saying the one the single was for was Paperback Writer, uh, yeah, and before that day trip, we could work it out. You must have thought, you would have thought, wow, this is different. This is different. And and this obviously has the first real, um, we had uh, sitar on the album before, but Love You Too by George Harrison is the yeah. first real explicit Indian song that the Beatles yeah. ever did. Um, yeah. Tomorrow Never Knows uses all the experimental oh, back guitar. The album almost like this is where we're going. This is what yeah. you wait. This is where we're going next. Um, I, mean, I do try and put myself in the mindset of imagine hearing 
Tomorrow Never Knows for the first time ever in 1966. Imagine hearing that as like, you know, a 16, 17 year old. You know, yeah. mind blown. And, you know, it, and it still sounds, you know, incredible. It, it, you know, yeah. the, the way that they, they were basically kind of inventing production techniques as they went along yeah. by pure guesswork and just trying stuff. It's it crazy. sounds so good as well. The sound quality yeah. of the Beatles stuff is good. Yeah. You know, you yeah. listen to Rolling yeah. Stones and stuff. The sound quality mid sixties yeah. is a bit. Is a bit yeah. It ain't you know, great. You know, um, but yeah. it sounds really good. I mean, the techniques they were using it was great, good stuff. I mean, I mean, George Martin cannot be underestimated as. as oh God no. As such God no. Um, but no, this is a brilliant album, and it's got. I mean, how many number ones would the Beatles had if they'd released more tracks off their albums? I mean, here, there, and everywhere. I know. Everything. I know. Uh, they're I, I was like, into my life. They are. They yeah. Are, I mean, was the annual bird can sing. I always oh, loved great it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Good Day Sunshine. Yeah. No One. She Said, She Said. I'm Only Sleeping, which was covered by Sucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah that, um, that was a, that, that was a, a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and um, but no great album revolver is yeah. my number 18 so we're gonna slightly stay on the beatles theme but we're gonna go solo beatles and this is my favorite solo beatles album now give me, is, is it give my is it give my regards to broad street <laughs> it is no. <laughs> I, think, I would expect you to hang up if it was uh... <laughs> yeah 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 bye-bye <laughs> it's bad on the run paul mccartney ah, yeah. and wings um Many people think Rams, Paul McCartney's best album. There's some not, people say Flame and Pie. This is is this is yeah. his best album. It's consistently great album. Yeah, it's, it's not, that he has, has on it. Yeah, brilliant cover. Um it's got that you know, sometimes with with an album they just they get all the songs right. Yeah. Um and Red Rose Speedway, which came out the same year. Yeah. Um I think it's an underrated Paul McCartney album, actually. But I think 73 was one of his peak solo years. Because he had Red Rose Speedway, which had my love yeah. on it. Live and Let Die was also released in 73. I love as it. Was bad. Bad. I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I know McCartney gets some sticks sometimes, but I think 73 was definitely a, a good year in terms oh, of his It was a vintage song. year. Yeah. Um, Ram is another brilliant Paul McCartney album. I like Tug of War. I like Flaming Pie. I've got Soft Spot Flowers in the Dirt. But oh, yeah, that's that, great, yeah. I think Bound of the Run is his best album. And uh, I mean, some of these tracks he still performs live now, a lot of them. You know, Bound of the Run, Jet, Let Me Roll It. And I think he sometimes puts in 1985 as well. He, yeah. he comes back to this album a lot. Um, oh, yeah. It was one of those slow burner albums. It came out in 73, got into yeah. the top 10, started going down in 74. I think one of the singles was released, and then 74, this became massive. And it was the best-selling album of 74. So it's, um, for me, it's the best solo Beatles album, I think. Or, well, Wings, isn't it? It's not whatever you say. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It is the best post-Beatles album for me. Mm. Um, imagine John Lennon, Plastic Ono Band. Yeah, All Things Was Past definitely has got to be up there. But I think Band of the Run just pips it. Mm. Um, yeah, probably, I'd probably agree with you. I'd still go Flaming Pie, but if, if you took the two rubbish blues jams off Flaming Pie yeah. 
again, you know, it's, it's like, you know, take, taking off uh, Yellow Submarine off Revolver make, yeah. makes it an infinitely better album just by taking yeah. off one song, you know. Um, yeah, I, I love Flavor Pie's definitely up there for me. Ram is up there, but I think yeah. Band on the Run is that consistent of every song being really yeah. good. It has, a very, it has a good flow through that album as well. It no, it does. A theme. He I does got... that thing with Cartney, which he did in the Beatles and in some of his other Wings stuff, where it's like a the themes run through. It's almost like a bit of, yeah. like a symphony. It's like a classical it's piece. Very... Yeah, that's, it's, it, it's it's an incredibly consistent album. Yeah, incredibly consistent. Um, and very much kind of a lot of you could probably say a lot of, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's undoubted, like, you know, how much of an incredible songwriter McCartney is, you know, uh, I mean, you know. Uh, but a lot of McCartney stuff can be very samey. Yeah. Band on the Run is very varied. You yeah, know, it's uh, funk, there's yeah. pop, there's acoustic on it, there's rock. Yeah. Um, I think some of, that, and some yeah. of that is probably how prolific he's been. I mean, for someone yeah. in their 80s yeah, still true. to release new, still releasing new material. I know, it's uh, crazy. Um, it's it crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's quite noble. You know, he still has that itch he has to scratch. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. The same place with man. He had his first number one album in, what was it, 33 years since Flowers yeah, in the Dirt? Yeah, you know? yeah. And it, um, I, I, I want to get, I, I've heard a few tracks off the reimagined. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, he, he's done one of the tracks he's done it or like Beck's done a reimagining of it and it's absolutely yeah. brilliant absolutely yeah brilliant. I haven't listened to that I'll have to have a listen it's because they've really released it uh, digitally first hasn't he and it's out to actually get yeah. I think in July I think but uh, yeah. yeah I need to have a listen to that because I liked McCartney 3 I don't love it you know it's, yeah. um, it's but I like right. it yeah I like it um, but I mean I sometimes think McCartney gets a bit of a you know Lennon and McCartney I think they're equal geniuses. I don't think there's one that's better than the other. Um, I probably I probably sway to Paul McCartney because he's more sort of pop, slightly more pop uh, than Lennon was. But um, McCartney was criticised a lot for a lot of his stuff at, at one point. I don't think he is so much now. I think he's got no, past that. He's gone past that. Like some artists seem to sort of get past it, and now he's like more venerated than he possibly was in the 90s, maybe. Um, yeah. I think Flaming Pie did a lot to help that, actually, yeah, well, in terms of... The, I think the Beatles reforming did a lot. Yeah, it helped him a lot. You know, it helped. So. It helped him. Um, but Lennon did some bad stuff. I mean, sometime did, in yeah, New York did. City, sometime in New York City is a very patchy album, um, yeah. and I'm not a massive fan of his stuff where he has Yoko singing the like yeah. him and Yoko do alternate tracks. I've never been a big fan of that. Um, yeah. I know McCartney did get Linda involved, but I think she only ever sang one track. Just as yeah. that was all yeah. so it was more um, it was more backing vocals and keyboards. Yeah, yeah, like, and to, and, and so that the, and to keep the family together on tour, yeah, exactly. that was right. part of it, yeah. wasn't it? In some yeah. respects. Yep. Um, yep. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I do I do think both of them had had patchy solo material. Uh, obviously, McCartney's had the longevity because. Of, of circumstances, but well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just the way it is, isn't it? Unfortunately, and sadly, um, when we lost John Lennon and we lost George Harrison quite early as well, really. But um, yeah. I think McCartney has the benefit of being, you know, still being able to put out stuff. But uh, yeah, that's uh, Band on the Run. Um, number sixteen, I had to put this in, and this is pure nostalgia, 1991's 
Brian Adams waking up the neighbours had to be oh. there. It had to be there. Who, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, who, who, that's a very nice copy, mate. Who bought you that? You very kindly hunted <laughs> yeah. down a copy for me, which are not that easy to find, are they? I don't no, know. no, 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 no. You know, b- bizarrely enough, I found a, it's funny because I, I bought a copy of it last weekend. <laughs> I found a copy. Of it <laughs> yeah, I know, I saw you guys, but we managed to find another one. So, yeah. um, I love this album. Uh, I, I, this is yeah. the album for me. Early 90s, I played this album again and again. Yeah. I was getting into that type of American rock, Brian Adams, Bon Jovi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I hate to say I, it, Meatloaf, I was liking for a bit for nothing, a while. Nothing just, wrong with Meatloaf, mate. Nothing uh, wrong with Meatloaf. Uh, you know, I, 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 I remember in like the early 90s, right, when I guess you'd both been what, like 13, 14, say like 93, mm-hmm. around that sort of time. I remember you saying this was your favourite album of all time. Yes, it would have been up and, there. It, yeah. At the time, it would have been up yeah. there, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Can't Stop it's the great. Series is still one of my favourite songs of all time. If I did, if we did a song list, it's, it'd be in there. It'd be in yeah. there. Yeah, um, it's that's, a, that's a hard list to do. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this, this album, this, this album, you know, Waking Up Neighbours, man, it was the hit factory. There was like, what, six, seven singles yeah, released yeah. off there? And it's one of those rare things. It's a long album. It was an album made for the CD oh, format. Yes. A lot of right? albums were at the beginning of the 90s. They yeah. were, but it's a, it's an incredibly consistent album. It doesn't feel like it's too long. Because a lot yeah. of albums from that time, they were like, they could have easily taken off three or four songs off yeah, these, off, yeah. off yeah, yeah, said album. But the, I, I, I love this album. Yeah, I, think yeah. I prefer it to Reckless. I prefer it to Reckless. I've got to, I know Reckless is always counted as his best, but yeah. I do prefer it to. I like Reckless as well. But um, yeah, Summer of '69, I get a little bit fed up with sometimes. Yeah. So and, um, yeah. But this is how it's got everything I do, and I do it for you on this as well. Yeah, this album, yeah. yeah, talk, talk about um, songs you want to get sick yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Died and Gone to Heaven. I love that song. I love um, There Will Never Be Another Tonight. All I Want yeah, Is You. Yeah. Um, as I say, what? all the album tracks are good. We're, we're supposed to be, my wife and I are supposed to be going to see him play this album in full. We were supposed <laughs> to go last year. We were supposed to this year. We were supposed to next year. So May 2022, fingers crossed, we'll be going to the Albert Hall to see him do all, this whole album. That would um, be incredible, mate. That would be incredible. I know, I know. I'm going to have to get a listen to this album because it's not. It's, yeah. she's not going to know all the tracks. <laughs> You'll be the yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. But, oh, no, I love yeah, this album. It's great. Yeah. Um, and as you, you're right, I think in that early 90s period, hip hop artists did this a lot as well. There was this sort of, oh, CDs are 80 minutes long. Yeah. Let's We're make our kind of... albums. Let's make up our albums this time. It's gone the other way a little bit now. When you look at an album, yeah. God, that's short. Um, yeah, sure. yeah, but yeah. Um, but now, yeah, they really used to pack that those CDs into seventy five minutes. And yeah. uh, Michael Jackson did it. Prince used to do it. Um, Madonna yeah. did it in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, and this yeah. is, I think this album actually recorded. He re-recorded it again because he didn't like it. Yes. I, I, I yeah. That's why there was such I've a big heard. gap in this couple of his albums. Um, yeah, it was. Yes. It, first it, number one. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, this album was huge. Yeah, into the fire. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, into the fire. Yeah, that was the previous album. I, 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 I remember when, like, obviously, because you know, everything I do, I did for you was number one for what was it, sixteen weeks, seventeen weeks, yeah. Yeah, 16, something like that. A, a whole summer, a whole summer. 
four months. Uh, oh, sorry. And I remember that was that was everything I'd do. I'd do if he was still in the top ten. And he uh, and and can't stop this thing we started was in the charts at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then he got to number twelve. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> much better. Much better. He's sort of thinks to himself. He was so poor. You think that should have got him at number two? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, it's crazy. And, and it's a brilliant song, "Can't Stop This Thing We Started." But anyway, but uh, summer '69 is probably his most famous song. Didn't even get in the top forty singles over here. I know. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. People, you you say that to people, they don't quite believe it. So do you know that Summer Style was actually never a, a big, never really a hit? It never got in the top 40. Nope. So, nope. Um, Crazy, no. Crazy. Right, so number number 15, you know, I've mentioned earlier, there's sometimes bands that I like, but I don't love, but they do an album or two that I do. And that's one of the, this band. And number 15, I've got OK Computer by Hello. Radio. Hello. Um. Yeah. I think I mean this was one of those albums when I first listened to it, I thought, wow, this is this is changing Britpop and this is this yeah. is different, you know, from the yeah. Benz and and actually even though it's a quite a weird album in some respects, it is a very I found it quite an instant album. I liked it first time. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think I'd ever seen so much plaudits for an album as this and it consistently still ranks as some of the best one of the best albums of all time, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah, it does, it does, yeah. It really does. Um, there's not much to say about it really I mean um, it's got some great lucky no surprises karma police and then that first single of paranoid android Android. this is is, and I I don't think Radiohead have ever been this good again and some people some big Radiohead fans might dispute that but I've never loved Radiohead in terms of being the band I mean I've got most of their albums I might even have all their albums but um, I, 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 it's one of those bands I buy, always buy the albums of, and then hardly listen to them. And I'd always just, <laughs> yeah. I'd always just come back to this or the Benz, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, I love this album, um, but I've never been massive on Radiohead. So that's number fifteen. Um, so number fourteen, we have another album which I'm, I know you love, and that is <laughs> the Stone Roses. Uh, David yes. Album. An album Wonderful. that I came to very late, actually. Yeah. After yeah. the Be- after the Beatles, after the Oasis were popular, and when I was at uni, I think I really started to listen to this album. Oh wow! Obviously, I was aware of it. I was aware of both of their albums, aware of the problems this band had trying to stay together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I knew the singles, but um, this album is like a flash in the pan. Eighty-nine, great album, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, it's it's. This is one that was kind of bubbling under for me. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I remember I I just started secondary school. Uh, I I went to I went to a boarding school uh, for a few years, and I remember um, the the kid in the top bunk. I was on, I was on the bottom bunk, and I remember on you know the first day of being in in the dormitory at, at, at the boarding house. He was playing the, uh, the debut Stone Roses album um, on his little cassette deck, yeah. and, and and at the time uh, I was still very much like listening to kind of I don't know Guns and Roses and stuff like this, but I was also yeah. like you still listening to Shaken Stevens, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and Adamant and Carly Minogue yeah. and pop, you know, yeah. pop stars, a kid, you know, and it 
from the first time I heard this album, it changed everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe that's why it, it passed me by, because it came out in 89, and we probably yeah. were too not ready for it. I remember the... I remember when the second coming came out in ninety four. Yeah, right. It was yeah, a big deal for some of the years above us at school. The year above us at school. Because they were just that year older and Stone Roses for yeah. them was the yeah. thing. Yeah. Um yeah. so it was a real big thing that the second coming had come out. Um but I sort of wish I was really about the only other time. I wish I was a little bit older when this first came out yeah. and then been in it, but it's a great album. It's a consistently good album. It's one of those that the album tracks are really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the way, the way, so it, you know, like I say, it's so consistent, but though the last kind of five minutes of I'm the Resurrection, it's, yeah. you know, that, that, you know, the, the end part of that. So I, it's funny because whenever I, I put, you know, I listen to the album and stuff and it gets to I'm the Resurrection, as good as those first kind of three, four minutes are of that song, I'm just yeah. waiting for that end bit. I'm just waiting yeah. for that the instrumental yeah, yeah, yeah. bit. Oh, it's great. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, it's a great album. And uh, and talking about other albums from the 90s, well, that was 89, but this one's from the 90s, and this was a massive album at school. Like you were talking about some of the ones that you were you shown in your list. So I've got, I think this is my, yeah, number 13, I've got Automatic for the People by ah. R.E.M. And an album that I didn't own that much at the time, because I, didn't, I wow. didn't need to. Um, no. This and Out of Time. And it's another band that I do really like, but I don't love. I'm quite happy not having all their albums, all that type yeah. of thing. Um, oh, I, I, but, I adore it. Uh, but uh, I, I think this is a great album. And Everybody Hurts, yes, it was overplayed, but Drive, uh, it's one of my favourite REM songs. They don't always I, put it on best ofs and all that type no. of thing. The, the um, last track, the last track, Find the River. Yeah, yeah, it's a real good ending because Nights yeah, got Nights Man on the Moon, Night Swimming, yeah. Find the River is the last three tracks. Yeah. So it was a consistent album throughout. Yeah, um, yeah load of people. Sidewinder Side Sleeps and I used to annoy me slightly after a while, but uh, but that was played a lot on the radio. The yeah, Sidewinder Sleeps yeah. tonight. So was Everybody Hurts. But I think this is. They're sort of that peak REM sound, this one. And then they obviously changed their sound after that. Because they, they had they Out of Time out in 91. And this came out in 92. So they did a very quick follow-up yeah. of two massive albums. I mean, I, I think they didn't actually tour e- either of those albums. Really? They didn't tour Out, uh, out, they didn't tour, um, out of Time. They'd, they didn't tour Automatic for the People. They toured Monster. They toured it for about three years. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, it's amazing it, how this was like such a massive album. Monster was probably a bit of a disappointment after yeah, this. Yeah, I, I I love Monster. I always love yeah, Monster, yeah. and I mean, I'm kind of saving my REM spiel because there might be some REM coming up in my list later. I I'll say no more. Say no more. <laughs> uh, I always actually quite like New Adventures in Hi-Fi, and I know a lot of people who were massive REM fans at school, and people yeah. really well would go back and buy Green and yeah. some of the older albums because the thing is yeah. with REM. People then discovered actually they've been going for ages. And yeah, yeah, like yeah. You know, out, of, uh, out of time, it's like their eighth album or something. Yeah, yeah. And then, people also had this best of REM, which was all the stuff up to yeah. their move to Warner Brothers. So it was their old independent record label type years. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, yeah. I'll dress for the people. Very nostalgic album for me. Um, as is this one from '94, and this is the one that I cannot believe you haven't got in. 
And that's definitely maybe by Oasis is my number 12. I'm not going to say too much about this, really, but this was an absolute yeah. a monster of a record. And it, still, yeah. it still is. It still still sounds so fresh, even though the sound quality is awful. (laughs) I I adore the production on Definitely Maybe. I love the fact that what Owen Morris did with the original recordings... Yeah. And then he he put them through that that like box of tricks that he had that he he, he called it the brick walling effect. Yeah, where he did every, as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what every album that he produced, it, yeah. you know, you, you know an Owen Morris album if it was produced by Owen Morris, yeah, and yeah, where yeah. every everything was on the red line, everything was was like virtually like almost distorted. It was it yeah, was that kind yeah. of like. Just, just everything was like pushed up so high in the mix, but it, it was also the reason why at the time Oasis songs were always ten times louder on the jukeboxes. Oh, Do you remember that at the time? It is. I, I was listening to it was so stuff funny. on the, the other day on the on the my iPod through the through the radio, and um, and a, uh, Columbia came on because I had it a bit louder for the previous track, which had come up yeah, quite. Yeah. <laughs> Oasis albums, especially that definitely maybe, it's I I yeah it's it's funny the yeah like you said you know the the previous track will you know sort of just be like a normal volume like this and then Oasis will come in it's just so much louder you know it's like oh we've got to turn it down a bit whatever the single whatever used to come out so loud as well as soon as you put it on Um, because it was originally produced by Oasis and Mark Hall and then Moe Morris took it over didn't he and we sort of produced the whole album yeah it was like. Noel and Mark Coyle, they, I think they, they tried mixing and mastering it about four or five times, right. and were taking them, were taking their mixes to, to Alan McGee at Creation, and they're all sitting down and listening to it, and they were like, "It's crap. It doesn't sound like you." Yeah. You know, and they, they eventually just got this guy in, who I think he did, I think he did like one mix of like I don't know, Supersonic or yeah. Rock and Roll Star or something, or maybe it was Live Forever. He sent yeah. that back, and they were like, "Yeah, this is the guy." Yeah. You know? wanted to make it. This one out of all of their albums is the one that sounds like you're watching them live. Yeah, completely. At, 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 especially yes. at the time, yeah. Um, but I mean, because he produced, didn't he? Then he then went on to produce the next two albums, didn't he? Morning Glory and Be Here Now. He produced that. Yeah, yeah. But cool, yeah. So definitely, maybe's there. So we're going to get to my number eleven, and we haven't had a Beatles album for a while, so we're going to have Rubber Soul. We're going to have Rubber Soul. Um, this album, when I was really starting to get into the Beatles, I'd got my dad always had had Abbey Road, Beatles yeah. for Sale, and Help. They were the three records my dad had. Um, and so that I, I bought Sergeant Pepper with my pocket money, and I may have also bought Magical Mystery Tour. I, I know those two were two early CDs I got. Yeah. Definitely Sergeant Pepper. And that Christmas, I asked for Rubber Soul, the White Album. And let it be. And this was the first one I played that Christmas. And that start of Drive My Car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is going to be a good one. And I love this album. Uh, I prefer it to, to Revolver because it has that sort of slight foot in Beatlemania yeah. period. And that other foot in the psychedelic Revolver of Sergeant Pepper. But it's also got. It's probably their most folkiest album as well. Yes, it which is. Which I love yeah, it for. Yeah. And yeah. it's got one of my favourite George Harrison songs on, If I Needed Someone. Yeah. 
it's a great song. Yeah. It's got the yeah. it's got the twelve string Rickenbacker. It's very birds like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's 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 yeah, it's, it's a wonderful album. Yeah. No singles on this album whatsoever. Nope. And you could have, I reckon, if they'd released Drive My Car, that would have been a number one. Norwegian Wood, Nowhere yeah. Man, In My yeah. Life, they're all singles. They're yeah. all fantastic that show, tracks. That's it's the insane thing, isn't it? When you, when you, can, you can say an album, right, like Rubber Soul, obviously no yeah. singles released off it, but you can go through it track by track and everyone knows the songs. Yeah, they're yeah, standards, yeah. Mich- you know. Michelle was released yep. by another band and it got to number yep. one. Yeah, it's a brilliant album, a real consistent album. Sounds really yeah. good as well. This was only released, um, Help was released in August of 65. This was released in December 65. <laughs> I mean, that it's is crazy, only, right? Only Taylor Swift does that now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> in terms of people and Weezer, um, consistently yeah. releasing, <laughs> releasing, yeah. releasing albums. Of that quality, and I like and help. Actually, I always find a bit underrated. I like the help album. Yeah, it's and, good stuff. And um, and also, but they're very different. You know, help does have that early. Oh yeah, you know, with yesterday and a couple of the others in there. Thinking, oh, the, it's when we are changing the style. But yeah. this is a real step in the, the different direction step. in just yeah. a few months. Um, and we can work it out. And Day Tripper was also released the same day as this yeah. record. I'm mad as that. It's an amazing what, double A. Yeah, that's probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, double A side in history. I think. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Strawberry Fields Forever has got to be close to that, though. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, it's not a bad one as well. I know it's uh, crazy. Uh, but no, Rubber Soul is my number eleven. So we've got to, we've, we've we've got through our first ten each. Uh, take a little while, as we always do. We did warn you late <laughs> night. Um, so. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I hope it's really shown the diversity of some of our music tastes, some of the weirdness, some of the wackiness as well. It's not, it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of to like stuff that's not always the coolest, you know, and, oh, and, and, and drawing on what you like from the past is a perfectly natural thing to do. And the next, the next episode, we'll be going through our 10 to 1, which is going to be exciting. I'm so looking forward to listening to Gareth, because this is why we like it, because we don't tell each other what we're going to do. So it's new for us as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. This is Music and Film State of the World podcast, and we'll be back next time with our 10 to 1. See you soon. Bye-bye.